<laughs> Whoa. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just I have to take a sip from my Padro Pascal brand merchandise mug because I have to clear my throat. You must. It's the only way to clear your throat is from your our branded merch. Yeah, exactly. It's hey. uh, look at that. I'm already fixed. Hey guys, welcome Hi. to Padro Pascal. I am your co-host, Rachel Leishman. And I'm your other co-host, Katrina Dennis. And it's been it's been a minute. Oh. It's not as good as it's been a while. <laughs> I'm changing it up. Been a been a hot little minute, yeah. But we're back with uh, a lot of news. Like it's like a weird, dense amount of me- of news because like if you lay down in bullet points, it's not a lot. But there are a lot of little intricacies that we will yeah, go over. It is spider web. There's so yeah. much going on. But first, <laughs> how are you? I'm good. I'm all right. Um, I've had an interesting month, uh, but but you know, getting by, enjoying uh, life as it goes, um, getting ready to launch a cool portfolio website. And we just did last week a really cool live stream with our friends uh, called The Council, which is about women and femmes and non-binary folks in Star Wars and the history of our contributions. So if you missed it, you can go check out our friends at the Geeky Waffle and watch it there. Yeah, do it. Because oh, yeah. Star Wars is for everybody. Surprise. It's not just for dude bros who think they know the most. It's like the least for them. Is that controversial? I don't care. No. I mean, as I have tw- as I tweeted, mm-hmm. uh, how do we tell these dudes that they didn't get made fun of for liking Star Wars? They got made fun of for being assholes. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. which- to which my roommate and friend of the pod, Leah Thomas, replied with the picture of Rooney Marov from the social network. Oh <laughs> like, my oh, god. I love it's, it. And that's how I feel about there are, you know, a collection of Star Wars fans who are like, you know, primarily white dudes who think that they know the most about Star Wars and Star Wars fandom. It's been really bad recently because the one, we'll call him Schmarmor Schmeary. Um, brought on a woman to say that it's a boy's little thing and that women want to play victims and enjoy it i don't see the a to c Mm -hmm. logic well here's the don't yeah i don't uh trust anyone who calls themselves an expert and doesn't know basic film history because women have been here from the start beginning with marsha lucas Mm -hmm. who is the reason that star wars is any good at all Um, ghost writing Carrie going it. Yep. Women, writers, editors, producers, all on Star Wars, crew members from the very beginning. Writers, people who say they love the EU but hate women. Like, I'm sorry, but a lot of the uh, women who contributed to the EU, like Jander Sema, who drew some of the best comics in Star Wars and hopefully is still going to continue doing that for us someday. Like, I could go on and on about, like, the legacy of women in Star Wars and mm-hmm. what what like we've contributed um to not just like celebrate the fandom but keep it alive when there was no star wars between and what like 80 or 77 90 are you talking about well no i mean not between jedi i mean like between 70 between anh and um and empire strikes back Mm -hmm. when there was no new star wars and they didn't know that there was going to be new star wars women were the ones creating zines women who were part of the star trek fandom came over started writing their own fanfics and put them in nice little magazines and sent them to each other and that's how star wars stories and the basis of the eu even formed was like this group of women expressing interest in more star wars stories 
things. Mm-hmm. So to to call yourself an expert in any way and then say that women don't like Star Wars is automatically like negating and I think insulting yourself because uh, uh, it's really basic basic film history. So yeah, all that to, you know was is what many of us have been dealing with online. But I think it's important to talk about here because this is a podcast that includes a lot of things about the Mandalorian and because we love Star Wars and I think you know those dude bros consider that the one Disney Star Wars that they'll accept because they don't have any brain cells but simply I just think it's it's beyond annoying anyways Mm -hmm. I'm doing well outside of that I'm glad you looked stunning at that the Astro Awards um, like a couple weeks ago I got to hang out with producer Ashley for a little took pictures of me at in Pawnee. We love that. We you got your your obligatory Paul Rudd photo. Well, of course. And then I saw Carrie's star and John Favreau's. And then I made everyone walk down to Zach Efron's. <laughs> but yeah, nice. I like I like going to LA because I get to see some people mm-hmm. that I have missed. We awarded, I was just double checking that I didn't make this up in my toy. <laughs> we did award Pedro Pascal an award at the Astros. The last of Us so far. I think the only organization to have done so thus far. Mm-hmm. Proud to have voted for Pedro, even though he was up against the other love of my life, Matt Smith, I believe. In that That's category. tough, yeah. And I chose Pedro. And Ooh. I chose Pedro over, I also think, Kieran Culkin and the cast of Succession, which we will talk about that little fun feud in quotation. <laughs> well, to get into some of this news, what most of this news consists of is award show stuff. But before we get into the award show stuff, Katrina, do you want to talk about the big news that came out? Yeah. Uh, well, we we were having a little break and, and traveling and doing all of that. It was announced that there is officially going to be a uh, film continuation of the Mandalorian series called The Mandalorian and Grogu due to go into production later this year. So that is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really hyped for it. I know and- a lot of people are joking about how much or how little Pedro is going to be in this one, but I feel like they'll, they'll wheel him out a lot more often for a movie, you know, like it's a feature film. Yeah. For a movie, I think he's probably going to have a little bit more. But mm. also, if not, Brendan Latif can Latif can get it. Like, yeah, they've done great. They're doing great. I think that's what makes The Mandalorian as a show and now a movie work so well is because it went back to the roots of Star Wars. So whenever there was like the issue, I'm like, James Earl Jones was never in the fucking Darth Vader suit. Mm-hmm. But we, we recognized who was. That's me and my little... I, I, I know there's... It divides people. But I was like, I do like that that goes back to, you know, mm-hmm. the roots of Star Wars and we have somebody else in a suit and then they're like, bring in the voice actors. And I think that's fun. So I, I like, do like that it kind of in season three retreated back to that. Mm-hmm. Completely. But I do think for a movie they would be like, didn't... Did all this work to be a Mandalorian again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's he found love. He took his helmet off a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Just have him take his helmet off a little bit. But I love that point of like, you know, we, from the beginning, multiple actors have been creating characters in mm-hmm. Star Wars. And I like to joke sometimes that like, there's a running joke out there that's like, oh, I want to see a project where everybody but one person is Muppets and it's usually like everybody but Adam Driver in yep. The Mandalorian I think Mandal- the Mandalorian is the Muppet of the show and everyone else is like 
like even in the show with Grogu, even even next to Grogu, he is the Muppet of the show. And I say that because it takes so many different people to create this character. Mm-hmm. It takes not just like Pedro's voice acting or the Latif and um uh Brandon's Brendan Brendan uh, Wayne's body language and stunt acting. It also takes being able to craft the costumes in a way that are still expressive you know like the mandalorian is very much like a puppet that a bunch of talented people have their hands in creating and like i love that about star wars because whether the character is someone whose face we know and see all the time like obi-wan even in his case like that is still a person who's been brought to life in notable ways by more than one actor by Mm -hmm. ewan by sir alec guinness by the people who have voiced him in uh the clone wars the gentleman whose name i am forgetting and you know other <laughs> this is a sin i should know better but it's yeah a, that's i'm at the george lucas doctor i've seen this man in person yeah yeah i well that's the thing is that like even anakin skywalker even ahsoka tano like these i think that it speaks to how we don't have to be precious about who plays who when it comes to you know maybe casting new faces for characters who have legacies and my baby leia yeah the favorite thing that came out of last year was seeing leia again mm-hmm. but it was fine that Vivian Lyra Blair played her. I was okay with it. Yeah. Know, but I do think, like, you know, everyone's like, oh, but what's, how's Pedro going to, it could be fully voiced. Darth Vader was fully voiced. We just have only recently been like, let's destroy his mask yeah. a bunch so we can see Hayden Christensen's face. That is a recent development. Normally, mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of, you know, Return of the Jedi, of those movies, it was like, Darth Vader is in his mask. You don't really see Darth Vader. It obviously changed with movies like Rogue One where we see him like in the back to tank and then coming out and getting back into his Vader garb. But we still don't see his face. We just like kind of see him outside of the Vader thing. Mm -hmm. It was like Vader, (laughs) the mask and everything. Still, like it was still very rare that we ever saw Vader not looking like Vader. And so I think that like that kind of got erased when we talked about the Mandalorian because we did know it was Pedro Pascal. We did see his face. In mm-hmm. season one, in season two, and then in season three, he was busy. But I think the movie, I don't necessarily think the movie is going to be like, and no face for you guys. But I do think like, if it did, it's fine. It was it was yeah. fully established that he went out of his way to redeem himself Mandalorian. So if we do not see his face, mm-hmm. I am okay with that. Yeah. I wonder too, like this is so, the way this is being, at least production schedule wise, it looks like this is going into production ahead of Ahsoka season two. So what? Mm-hmm. What kind of story do you think you'd want to see in The Mandalorian and Grogu? I mean, I would want to see the evolution of Grogu into, like, melding the two, like, sides of his belief system now. So, like, mm-hmm. the Jedi and the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, but also adapting what works for him. Because when you stop and think about it, they're both cults. And he left one cult, joined another yeah. cult, and is like, what up? And so, <laughs> which is kind of the same for Sabine Wren, which I think Maggie Lovett has made that point, like, there are many characters in Star Wars that leave one cult and they go to another cult. The and Savage Ventress. <laughs> I'm going to do this. But yep. I think Grogu is a being that, like, still played with the idea of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Like, him, like, did playing with the idea of the Mandalorian could be a really interesting thing to see kind of evolve in a movie versus a show. Because I think in a show it ends up being really dragged out. But, and, like, you know, they're going to bring in the, like, crew. It's going to be them going, like, hopping planet to planet solving some things. Too bad Nick Nolte's dead. Because, you know, I loved Nick Nolte. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, or, like, I don't know. 
know, maybe it's Reef Karga needs their help because they Navarro is under attack or whatever. Whatever it right. is. Yeah, it could, or yeah. to fucking Ben Solo. <laughs> it's been a couple of years and Ben Solo just like destroyed the Jedi temple again because <laughs> those things are always a bad fucking idea. But, you know, Grogu's mm -hmm. like, I have to save the Jedi. Talks Interesting. The Jedi, That's I say I will. And then they go off and save the Jedi. <laughs> And then we lead into the Ray New Jedi Order movie. Yeah. That's the, I like that. That's yeah. the direct connection. Yeah. Is like Grogu just shows up again and is like, Jedi I am. What up, Ray? Or up what, Ray? <laughs> yeah, the their movie spans 20 odd years. <laughs> I was like, what, what's Mando even doing? He's just like hanging out. Yeah, how and old he's like is he raising his child? So it's, he could you be know. forty. He could be twenty. We don't know. Yeah. No one has made that clear in all of the years of Star Wars. How old is Din Djarin? Look, I I will always be stuck on the fact that Din's helmet, his pike thing, and Grogu's chainmail are hanging in Doc Ondar's at Galaxy's mm -hmm. Edge, which is, like, situated in the sequel trilogy. So that stuff had to get there some way, by way of, like, a garage sale or something more ominous. <laughs> like, well, it had I to get there somewhere. I was, I was incorrect, Star Wars boys. You can tell me I'm incorrect. Din ha is roughly 40 years old in the beginning of The Mandalorian. So by season yeah, two... we can wage him up. We need to do what that makes him like 45. Isn't it like five years? It'd be 45. And then I don't know how long the gap is between season yeah. three. So we're pushing 50. Book it right off of season three. But by the time they film it and everything, baby's old man in. And he's just like, <laughs> I'm exhausted. Yes. I my shoulder's in a sling. Because <laughs> I didn't hurt my arm. I hurt my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Grogu, you fix this. And then Grogu has to go on a quest for affordable healthcare. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because like even Brendan <laughs> Wayne, hold on, how old is Latif? Okay, Latif in theory is the youngest person to be playing Din and mm -hmm. he is 46 years old. Right. Brendan Wayne is 51 and then Bedro is what, 48 I think right now? And that man is breaking day in and day out. So, <laughs> it. Our poor crumbling Someone replied to my post of him <laughs> in one of those links and they go, why do I feel like this man's always injured? And I was like, <laughs> it's not his back, it's his shoulder now, I guess. Aww. He decided that Gladiator 2 was a good I wonder how that, oh man, I hope that, I mean, I don't really have that much of an emotional investment in, in Gladiator 2, but. We'll see, I do. Yeah. Like, Ridley, I said that, how old is Ridley Scott? Yeah, that's what I thought. Ridley Scott's old as shit anyway. He's almost 90 years old. He's 86. So, like, probably I, I as much as I love Ridley Scott, because this man is insane. When asked <laughs> about, like, why, how he makes so many movies, they were like, we can't contain this man. Like, he just is like, <laughs> he just like, won't oh, stop. Yeah, he won't stop. Martin Scorsese is like, I will give you a movie every, like, five, six years. That's what I kind of have. Mm -hmm. Ridley Scott won't fucking stop. There's like three movies a year, and you're like, he's 86. Oh, to have the work doing? ethic. But he probably looked at Ben being like, I can't work. I hurt my shoulder, and being like, I got 40 years on you. Come on, back to set. No complaints. <laughs> All that to you're say, in Ridley Scott's world now. That's what I hope for the Mandalorian. Katrina, what do you hope for the Mandalorian movie? I, I, um, yeah, I just, I would like a. 
continuation, I guess, of of what we started to see, I think, not just in The Mandalorian, but in Ahsoka. Like, I think that if they, there are definitely two ways that that, that this movie can go. And that's a... Mm-hmm contained story about Din and Grogu. Maybe there's a MacGuffin they have to find, a Mandalorian relic like you said, and we get some side characters like Bo-Katan and Boba and stuff like that. But I think there's a greater story to be told that could help lead into Ahsoka Season 2 without being too much of an Ahsoka Season 2 lead-in, and that's the story of the New Republic. Mm. We got we got a taste of that in in both the Mandalorian and and in Ahsoka, you know, we saw Zeb and and the Republic pilots in the Mandalorian. I'd love to see more of them. Um, since we're not getting Space Top Gun, I think that's a great opportunity to you know incorporate some pew pews and zigzags. So 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 that's definitely like one way it can like the two ways it can go, where it's like just them or they are playing into the greater like changes in the galaxy because Mm -hmm. we don't I think in like a live action format we still haven't seen a lot of the pivotal points where things go wrong and the first order starts taking over like the the best moment I can think of that we've had in canon is from Star Wars Bloodline which is a book about Leia and that's like that that book I I would love to see it as like an animated film because it's this incredibly like tense like politically driven story um that basically shows you exactly how like everything finally fell apart because of this one event that takes place in bloodline so Mm. yeah so i'd love more perspective all of that is to say i'd love more perspective on like the new republic what's stirring up in the galaxy because we don't have that context from like return of the jedi to uh, the The force Force Awakens. awakens yeah about like what happened like where'd everything go wrong you know yeah i agree and i will say this now as a leia girl literally i have my leia tattoo on my arm how do Mm -hmm. i turn it just (laughs) just cast someone as leia do not give me cgi carry as i just rewatched rogue one with my brother because they're going through him and his wife going through all of the star wars movies again because i think they finished rebels and then they're like well i kind of want to watch all of these in order like with solo and rogue one and all that kind of in there and so he was like we're on rogue one do you want to watch it with us i was like hell yeah i'll watch rogue one and i every time both get emotional and get angry when i see leia because it just looks so bad and i know that y'all have gotten better over there in cgi disneyland Mm -hmm. however just cast a human being to give me princess leia in that era yeah, that's what I really want. And I think that movie, you could set up Leia having her own show with another actress. If you don't want to just cast Billy Lord to play her mother with dark hair, because she looks very much like Carrie, then cast somebody else to play Leia. It's okay. Yeah. It's I feel Leia fan. Yeah, like I feel like, I don't know, there might be, like I guess the, the narrative is that there's casting like trauma. And, and I don't want to say like, oh, this is something I heard from my guy at Lucasfilm. Because it's like, it's more the gist of like, I understand that numbers wise, Solo wasn't a hit, but which I think Alan, which is wrong. wrong. Solo was a lot of fun. It's not my favorite, but you know what? It gave me freaking that Lando and Han book that uh, Daniel Jose Older wrote. And that was great. I loved it. And it gave Solo so much more heart for me, which, yeah. The point well, is, so Alden- the thing about Solo was never Alden Ehrenreich. 
Yeah, exactly. Always like the script things that they had to rework 20 times. Because Alden Ehrenreich is one of the few actors I've ever seen take, like, do a character that someone else did and fully understand these different aspects of that character. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I said when I talked to him. I was like, you do not understand how fans, especially like female fans, get so angry when people say Han Solo was a ladies' man because he's not. He's mm-hmm. a hermit. And yeah. what I loved is that movie like let Alden Ehrenreich recognize that he's a hermit and was like, this guy doesn't want to deal with any human being. He's like, I'm good, fam. And mm-hmm. Solo nailing that was like, oh, this movie gets Han Solo. It just went through so many rewrites, so many different things that it just kind of, when the moments aren't Han and Chewie finding each other and like Han, like even Han and Kira, because I loved Kira, when it gets into like the weird like Woody Harrelson stuff and John Favreau as the like multiple arm gorilla thing Jeez. or like, you know, killing off Henry Newton way mm-hmm. too far, really, those things are what make uh, Han, like make Solo like, why did you do yeah. all? But it was never all Aaron Reich, which I wish I could like call up Disney and be like, "Yo, yeah, none of us are mad at Alden. Give him no. something better to do. Give him something more. I would love. I think I would love to see him get to have a comeback the way, the same way Anakin and mm-hmm. the same way Hayden has gotten to have a comeback. The the same way we've now because they brought back Genevieve O'Hara, who was in a deleted scene in Return or in Revenge of the Sith. We now have this incredible, yeah, this incredible, like, portrayal of Mon Mothma. Like, she is Mon Mothma Mm -hmm. now for our generation. And I think that there, that any, like, fear around new actors playing these characters is, I I just don't think it's it's enough for them not to try it again, you know? And not to, to cast that, that actor who played Luke and they, like, digitized his face, he looked fine. He could have played. It would have been fine. I would have known exactly who he is. He's wearing the little Return of the Jedi outfit. I guess Luke doesn't shower. He's got the haircut. He has the mannerisms. He's fine. Like, but they listen to people like Shmari Marshmary and Imagine I have a drink in my hand. I don't want to say their names, but they listen to those because those guys have huge platforms, and they think that this is the like what fans want, and it's not. We, yeah. Most of us don't want them to do that kind of stuff. Most of us want to just like live with these characters. We can suspend our disbelief that it's, yeah. you know, Alden Ehrenreich, who is significantly shorter than Harrison Ford, grows into Harrison Ford. Like we can like believe all of that because we use our brains. The problem yeah. is you're listening to people who don't use brain cells. And when they're like, uh, Luke Skywalker was the strongest, he would never just like, be a baby and sacrifice him. No, he would. He's a drama queen. That's yeah. exactly what he would fucking do. He lives for it. He lives for it. Yeah, I, when that, he yeah. himself into the fucking sand. Because <laughs> <laughs> or when he's like, eh, it's going to Tashi to pick up <laughs> He's li- Tashi's nation. Sorry. Don't want to be yeah. Like, ugh, it just makes me so angry because. I- like, I would be so, so, I am so excited about the Mandalorian movie. I'd be so much more excited about, like, an idea like that where they go and they establish the New Republic if I didn't have that looming fear that you're going to make me watch CGI Carrie Fisher. Carrie I still Fisher, want that. love of my life, I don't want to see Carrie Fisher as a CGI creature. No. I, I would, I would much rather. I want organic actors. I was, you know, I was seven years old and they told me, okay, this old guy is Obi-Wan Kenobi, but this young guy is also now Obi-Wan Kenobi. 
And I was like, all right, new Star Wars. Like that, yeah. if, if a child every, can process every it. Every yeah. millennial recognized that now Ewan McGregor was Obi-Wan Kenobi and we all were on board. Yeah. We all understood it. We were like, got it. Great. No notes. I guess they, they think no one uses their brain cells anymore. But I mean, I don't blame them, but you know. Yeah. With all of that said, I am, you know, I'm excited to hear that the movie is in production. Mm-hmm. I will reserve any other judgments or wants or concerns for when we hear more about it, which will probably be like 2025 at earliest, because that's the next celebration. So, well, D23 is is this year. So, oh, that's right. Maybe yeah. D23 and then Japan. Mm hmm. To save money. Help Pedro Pascal get to Japan in 2025. (laughs) We're going to need the help. Hey, Pedro, (laughs) can you send Pedro out there and we'll finally meet you in Japan? Your plus ones, your handlers. You can yell at people for you. Uh, I told everyone who was at the Critics' Choice when he was there, all of my friends, I was like, tell him Pedro Pascal's I bet you Laura did. I bet you Laura did. Laura got close. Laura 100% was like, I know about Pascal. He's like, I remember. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. Never forget. Wasn't it Laura who looked at him on the carpet and just said, Padro Pascal? (laughs) Yes, it was. (laughs) Oh, my God. For a slight detour, my mom met Laura when I was in LA. Laura, first of all, was dressed like a mob wife. (laughs) <laughs> and so my mom instantly loved her and i was like mm-hmm. if anyone can take the mob wipe aesthetic which i was like i have mixed feelings about people suddenly being like i'm part of the mob wipe aesthetic now i'm like excuse me you didn't have a vote okay. when you were a child <laughs> but you you did not live first off through the snooky era i yeah. don't think you paid your dues but laura who's from staten island rolled up in this event with like a fur coat and this and her nails done, and we were like, rap Italians, Laura. Amazing. Who Laura's not Italian. She that. just had the vibe. <laughs> Look, Ayo Edibiri is Irish now. Yeah, so <laughs> Laura, Laura can be Italian if she wants. Yeah, I yeah. I, I'll, I'll sign the, the papers. Ireland, which yeah. Is the funniest shit on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> her and Gillian Murphy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is so, so funny. Hold on. You know what we have? It's our old, our <gasps> old background, but sorry. We're the first it. one of 2024. It's a tangent. Woo! With our old background colors. For those who don't know, yeah. this is a great segue, actually, Ashley, mm-hmm. to get us into the memes that have come out of the go- of the awards that we've recently seen. So to start, I'll explain the IO thing, and then mm-hmm. we'll get into Pedro's meme that he has created for himself. So IO Debris and it was at I think South by Southwest during the time when the Banshees of Inna Sharon came out. And so they were like talking about something and she pretended that she was the donkey (laughs) talking in an Irish accent being like, I'm so proud of Ireland. Yes. The Irish, we we're killing it. I'm so proud of us because she just adopted that. She was Jenny, the donkey. Mm -hmm. And slowly that clip, because I hadn't even seen that clip until this year. And my, and Leah showed it to me and was like, oh, wait, you don't know about this? And I said, no. Slowly, <laughs> the internet has just continued to call her Ireland's princess and, like, praise her for being Irish. And you know racists 
have like been like she's not Irish and missed the bit entirely. Mm-hmm. Which is she just was established that she was from Ireland all on her own. And so when the racists started, that is kind of when everyone collectively was like, This is Ireland's princess. On red carpets, people started to ask her about it. But the thing that she did that like I think really like recently has kicked it off even more is like she went to Billy, this is from the Critics' Choice. She went and found Killian Murphy, who is Irish, from Ireland, has an Irish accent. If you listen to Killian Murphy, not in a movie role, and took this picture with him. Go <laughs> on Io's face that she's like, I've done it. I've <laughs> with the King of Ireland. I love it. So and perfect. That was a meme, which brings us into our meme, Pedro. So, where to start? <laughs> I guess the Golden Globes. Would be mm-hmm. where to start with with the meme at the Golden Globes. Karen Culkin beat Pedro Pascal in the category they're both nominated for, which I believe is best lead actor in a drama series. And during Karen's speech, he said, "Suck it, Pedro," and it cuts to Pedro Pascal with <laughs> one of his little slings, uh, this sling to be exact, crying. <laughs> and this is a, a recreation of the facial expressions. That he made during his community live read. Really so I just think I love how it just comes full, full circle. Like you, I like it especially because you started with that story about Io. This is a night, an award season even, of celebrities knowing they are consciously creating memes. Uh-huh. Like Yeah, like I knew the minute she took that picture of Killian Murphy, she's like, the bitches are going to eat this up. <laughs> she knew and we all did. We all were like, Ireland. But like, oh, I love it. I love it so much. I love when Killian Murphy is like, I'm Irish. No notes. This though, this meme got two two rounds because Gary Gokin said to suck it. Mm-hmm. And so then at the Emmys, Pedro Pascal was presenting and he stood on stage and he said that he was talking about his shoulder because he hurt his shoulder. Mm-hmm. I'm going to reiterate for everyone on this podcast. He hurt his shoulder. Not Everyone kept saying he hurt his arm. He hurt his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And he says that on the stage. And then he said that the reason was that Karen Culkin beat the shit out of him. <laughs> Which they bleeped out. So no one, everyone was like, what the fuck did he say? And it was that Karen Culkin beat the shit out of him. And you can tell he's so proud of himself. <laughs> oh, look at that face. Oh, and then I it love gets it. Kieran Culkin, and he is just <laughs> Aaron straight ahead. But it's great because he says the joke, he laughs at his own joke, and then he says, and the nominees are. So, like, I believe he says <laughs> nominees are, or he goes into like announcing the game. whatever it is. He mm-hmm. literally just like didn't say anything after it. It was great comedy, it was, mm-hmm. it was good. A plus, A plus. You need giggle. I truly loved it. Yeah. Which, yeah. Brings us, though, into his wonderful looks that he's had with a sling. <sighs> which one is we're not doing we're not doing our favorite segment yet. But which which of his recent looks has been your favorite? Ooh, I would say the very most recent um, when he stepped out with his sister, Luz, for the Emmys. Relax, I, love I, I thought it was great. I love I love it when duos match. OK, like. Mm-hmm. I love it when there's a call beforehand and it's like, what are you wearing? Okay, I'll wear this. So clearly this was crafted around what Luz chose to wear. Um, but I really like it. It's like a nice little, it's kind of funny. Like he's wearing a fancy button up under like a little see-through sweater. So 
I love that for him. Great shoes and just the both of them look incredible. So that's my favorite. To talk about that picture real quick. The amount of people online who were like, lucky lady, what a cute couple. You guys, Lexus's sister, what are we doing? Yeah. What are you talking about, cute couple? So many people are discussing film or film updates, one of those two. They posted the picture and they didn't say Pedro Pascal and his sister Lux Pascal. All mm. they said was Pedro Pascal and Lux Pascal at the Emmys. And all these motherfuckers in the comments just assumed that was his wife. No. Oh. His little sister. That's his sister, folks. He was talked about a lot, so I don't understand. They were Star Wars fans, but calm down. I was just like, Brosefos, that mm. would be his sister. But, yeah, wild of you guys. I wanted to, <laughs> to just say that before we continue these looks, because that is bonkers. And if you don't know, now you know. Personally, I loved his critic choice. Yeah. This mm -hmm. beige gray look that he was rocking. That was the best the sling looked this entire time. Mm-hmm. It was good slinging. He also, there is this picture, which is a different night, but also looks like the same sling. Mm-hmm. It's his agent. It's giving great sling. Yeah. I because love this. This sling's a little too loosey-goosey. This Fair. sling protecting. Yeah, that looks secure. That looks yeah. like it's holding his shoulder in place, which is the important part. Yeah. It doesn't need to hold his arm necessarily <laughs> in place. I mean, it does, but it needs to make the shoulder even so that it can heal better. So Yeah, and this one looks a little too, because it was a cashmere one, as he revealed. Mm -hmm. This one, a little too flexible. You can mm -hmm. hurt the shoulder further, King. Yeah, yeah. I this just noticed a little. I will say about the black outfit. I just noticed the little roses on his sleeves. I think those are roses. Do you have? Um, do you have fucking bionic vision? How did you? <laughs> I was just looking at it. I was like, that's a weird thing to have on the sling. And then I realized those are. Oh my god, the they are. Sleeves, they're little roses. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. So I love it. This sling. This is great for our listeners and not our watchers. For the <laughs> listeners, the Emmys look. Not protecting the shoulder. Mm -hmm. The critic's choice, protecting the shoulder. Yes. Yes. I love to see it. And yes, he has a black it. sling mm -hmm. that will protect his shoulder because mm -hmm. we saw it at the Globes. There we go. Globes look had a different vibe. A little bit uh a little bit on the side of like uh like a glee teacher, I wanna say. Like he looks like he teaches after school but yeah. like science he is, he is will schuster <laughs> yeah. exactly exactly it makes him look like the kind of guy who will sneak drugs into your locker to bribe you to join his his glee club yeah. he yeah. teaches spanish during the day and then he yeah. goes and he is a glee club teacher but yeah. this time it's a person who actually speaks spanish versus yeah. <laughs> oh my god yeah, no, I would watch the Glee reboot if it were him. I, I, I don't I, get that curse out. Oh no, no, I, I, that's for another show. Um, <laughs> that's for not for this show. Um, but I, I love going back to the sling, sling vibes. Like once again, uh, Pedro's team just always knocking it out of the park with the, the looks. I like to think that like he emailed them photos of like the five slings 
he was able to get and he was like what can we do with these and then they hit him back with like well we're gonna get you like three other ones because don't and so they got with this doctor ordered sling we need this like cream white sling and it needs to match like three outfits for you this week and etc etc so i like that they have to coordinate with a medical professional Mm -hmm. yeah we we love it uh we love um cross-functional collaboration I hope they went into like a medical warehouse and just brought swatches of the clothes and were like, there we go. Perfect. I also do want to talk about these glasses because I, as a bitch who's worn glasses my entire life, like, and I say that before someone goes, no one's wearing, y'all, my eye went the wrong direction. So I had the glasses that wrapped around my little ears so that I could see. Anyways, I'm a bitch who loves variety with my glasses because now it is more affordable to have variety. Mm-hmm. Way back in my heyday, as a glasses wearer, you basically hate you picked one pair of glasses and you that's what your look was. For the I remember time. I had glasses as a child and I didn't get to pick mine. Uh, my parents picked mine and they picked those thick ones that were like with the little pink but like also see through frames. And I was very upset about that. First. Oh, I had real big ones, which now I'm like, what was wrong with me? Those rule. They were like, <laughs> they're bigger than this, but they're big and red. And I hated them. I buried that shit in the yard. And then I <laughs> would go and dig them up. Oh my gosh. And then I got really tiny, like cat eye ones. And I was like, what was wrong with me? Mm. Now all my glasses are fucking gigantic. Anyways, he is rocking three different frames. Yes. In these pictures. Yeah. Is this the same? These no, are the same. different. Okay. No, these no, are the same. Is, yeah, aren't they? Those, those are, are more different. rounded. Are they? Yeah. Oh my god! So he's rocking four different frames. I think these are the same, and there's just a different angle. So I think the look of him in the tan with his agent glasses and the glasses from the Emmys. Mm. They're both. They're kind of like I have Tom Ford ones that are like that. They're big. They're not wayfarers, but they're big, just like square black frames. Yeah. Normally men rock them. Women, we should get into them non-binary. Do what makes you feel happy. Yeah. Whatever whatever y'all want. But I think that this frame is a classic and everyone should embrace it. Mm-hmm. Not just the dudes. That's why I have a pair like that. Yeah. I got tired of men rocking them and women not rocking them too. For I've me, got some screen readers like that and you just start using again. Yeah. I mm-hmm. love them. I was so – because when I went into Tom Ford, they're labeled as men's glasses and I was like, but I would like them. Colin Firth wears them in a single man. And they gave them to me. Anyways, because I bought them. But anyways, so he's rocking these. The, we'll call them the sing, a single man. Single man glasses. Got it. Tom Ford glasses. <laughs> and then he has these ones. Which love these. I'm happy this style is coming back. This style kind of went out for a hot minute. This was real big in the early 2000s. The like almost ombre. Yeah. Glasses. I talked I talked my partner into getting uh frames like these because I like them so much. It, like the reason I like it is because especially on on brown eyed glasses wearers, they get flushed out a lot. You don't really mm-hmm. see their eyes highlighted. And so the bottom and this is me just getting like super like nitpicky with it, but the bottom opens that eye up a lot more and you can see their eyes better through it. So Yeah. I like that, the ombre, like, clear bottom to kind of, like, let the face pop. 
Well, that's kind of the joy of clear. Like even the ones I have on now, which are like I call my serial killer glasses. <laughs> Very dumb. She was like my friend Princess, who's also on the podcast. Princess was like, oh, you're rocking a Gloria Steinem look. And I was like, I've just called them my serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, like I have green eyes. Whenever mm-hmm. I wear glasses on, it's almost impossible to tell that I have green eyes. Everyone, when I was a kid, thought I had brown eyes. And I was like, nope, they're almost blue. Mm-hmm. But it's when you wear it, like, you're right. When you wear something that's clearer, brighter, it, like, opens up your eyes more. Mm-hmm. So, like, this black frame look, nice for the outfit he was going. But for every day, it's like, you're also closing yourself off. Mm-hmm. Which then brings us to, I think, my favorite pair, which are yeah. the round ones. So cute. Like the gray of his outfit, but they look clear from this angle. Yeah, I love these. Those are great. And they like, they, I I don't know, maybe this is like the quality of the photo. I think we have a slightly closer look at this, but that's for a later segment. Yeah, that's for later. Um, But I love the the light coloring and like the Mm -hmm. layering on them too. I think that that's a really cool like detail to the frame. So, and yeah. Those are the looks. I didn't wear my glasses to intentionally talk about glasses for as long as I just did. <laughs> I just haven't put my contacts in today. And so I was like, I'm just doing this in my contact in my glasses. But yeah. And then we have some, oh yeah. He also wrote ouchie on his nails, which I think mm-hmm. is very, mm-hmm. very cute, very funny. But we also have some casting for The Last of Us season two to talk about. Yes. Yeah. I am particularly excited about one of these. So I'll just start with that one. So Dina was cast for season two, and that's Isabella Merced, who has played a number of roles, but is also namely Dora the Explorer. Dora the Explorer. I'm so excited. She was stuff too, but she's so she's such a versatile actress, and I'm really excited to see like her profile getting raised. I I don't know what my opinions of The Last of Us Season 2 are. I wasn't super hot on the game and some of the narrative doesn't necessarily align with my morals. But that's what entertainment's for is doing stuff against your morals and not actually doing it in real life. So so yeah, I'm really excited for, for this whole casting. You can take it from here, Rachel. They did cast Caitlin Deaver as Abby, which not only gives you an idea of where season two is going but it also you know there were people who are wondering like why she isn't more muscular because in the game abby is very muscular i like caitlin deaver hopefully she does spoke up for this because in the game abby is very muscular um but i think caitlin deaver is a fantastic actress so i'm not mad at it it would have been katie o'brien was like a big like yeah. fan people and i think that would have been great but i i, I know caitlin deaver is going to like also deliver the acting much like katie o'brien would have as well mm-hmm. so it's kind of like all right like well we at least know that the abby performance is going to be incredible yeah um and then we have young manzino playing jesse so that's very and i love young manzino i i, I think i interviewed him for the beef for the beef for beef right like, and he's incredible in that show so i'm very excited to see kind of what he does with jesse nice yeah i'm uh i'm excited to see this cast kind of round itself out and you know there are just certain plot points in season two that i'm very interested and in, feel other things about how they're gonna play out so <laughs> i'm like trying so hard like i know the people who know, season, you know or maybe season three because they might that was i was talking to someone yesterday and they said that they're like do you really think and i'm like i don't know i don't know craig Madsen and neil Druckmann both said oh yeah season one's gonna be very different from the game and then it was not yeah it was like you know 
couple of different things, but it was not that different. So who knows? Not me. Not I. We shall see. And now, guys, it's our favorite time of the week. Let me see if I remember how to sing this song. <clears throat> Do it. Stash, 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 stash. The stash on everybody's lips is gonna be Petros. Hey! Welcome to Stash of the Week, where we pick our favorite Pedro Pascal mustachios mm-hmm. and talk about them. Katrina, would you like to go first? Yes, I forgot which one I picked. I think it's this one. Okay. Yes, thank you. So again, the Emmy look. I just think it's so great. And now that like you can see even better these little roses on mm-hmm. his on his wrists, um, and the way. I love the little like line on the frame here. So yeah, I think I went into a little, a little detail, uh, but he's wearing like a bucket, button up uh, white shirt, a semi see-through sweater on top. The sweater's got these like rose formations on the like edge of the sleeves. He's got a cashmere, cashmere mm-hmm. sling. Oh, actually the rose is on the sling. Yeah. And then one of the, the other roses on his like non-sling wrist. Yeah. So that, ah, so it's just such a, a fine little outfit for a fine little gentleman. I love it. Mine are the curls. It is the Critics' yeah. Choice look. I just love this monochrome look. I love the glasses. I love the hair. So much about this is perfect. Shout out to Coco. <laughs> like, girl, every time you're making Amazing. those curls look great. Mm-hmm. And these are top tier curls. I love them so much. Again, like this look the emmys look i'm i love that he brought his sister with him there's just so many things about this whole kind of recent wave of pedro pictures that's made me very happy mm-hmm. and shout out coco again ashley's pick features coco and pedro yay oh i love the little like rainbow shirt he's got going on yeah the robe he has on the robe yeah <laughs> It's very cute. I love it. Yeah, guys, that's uh, back. That's us back with Pedro. Pedro Pascal back with Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. Pedro. And yeah, just a reminder, guys, our merch has dropped. You can get this lovely mug that Katrina has over here that has our faces on it. Mm-hmm. Um, can get a triple frontier shirt that says "I fly over the fucking Andes, man." Mm-hmm. You can get a shirt. That has all of Pedro's characters on it. You can get a Viper shirt. There are so many shirts to pick from. And stickers. And mugs. And so many other things. Mm-hmm. I really look at it. Because Alyssa's designs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just amazing. This is like the best brand collab I've ever done. Yeah. A lot. So It looks great. It looks so good. Katrina, tell the people where they can find you. You can find me anywhere on the internet if you search for Okatrina. That's O-H-C-A-T-R-I-N-A. I'm available for hire right now. So check me out on LinkedIn. (laughs) I'm available uh, for hire. (laughs) I am also uh, Lua on on Unwavering Force. That's Unwavering Force, a Star Wars tabletop RPG show, which you can listen to wherever you listen to podcasts, probably even the same place you're listening to Padro right now. And I think, oh, and I also host What's Up, which is coming back on the Geeky Waffle Network very, very soon. I think that's all I have to promote. Hello, Rachel. Where Hold can on. Hey, hire me now. Hire yes. Katrina now. Hire Katrina now. Hire Katrina now. Hold on. We're going to make this play for a second. Give me a second. You ready? You ready? You ready? Yes, I'm ready. Let's do this. Hold on. 
Hire me now. You want to hire me? Hire me. Pay me money to do stuff. You can find me at the Mary Zoo where I write a bunch of things. You can also find me at Collider. You can find me on the Fordcast, Harrison Ford Podcast, as well as Cinema Zibs. My brother and I talk about movies that we like a lot. And also, you can hear me on Katrina's podcast soon. Yes, soon. I'll have an announcement probably next episode. (laughs) Well, I'll be there soon. Until next time, we just want to remember everybody that uh, stay informed. Call for a ceasefire now, please, because mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. And we all should be wanting that. Yes. Yeah. Free Palestine. Yay. Ceasefire now. Let's all learn to love each other a little bit more. I agree. And until next time, which will be sooner than last time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.